What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, May 21st, 2015. Like every Thursday, today's show presented by Violent Gentlemen. Make sure you go to violentgentlemen.com today to order some of the hottest t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and accessories on the sports scene. From the ice to the octagon, from the ring to the field, Violent Gentlemen honors the fight, the art, the opponent, and the sport. Violentgentlemen.com. I just gave a Violent Gentleman t-shirt to the man of the hour here, Chris Gasper from the Boston Globe and 98.5, the Sports Hub. He joins me in studio today here at Beantown Athletics in Dor- Dorchester on the Danny Picard Show. What's up, Chris? How you doing? What's up, Danny? Thanks what do you for think having of, me. What do you think of the studio here? This is a sweet setup, man. I was just, I was just going to say, I was, I was listening to you do the open, and I'm looking around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is nice, man. Yeah. This is it's a legit. nice look right here. We're not playing around. No, this is no joke. And you're right down the street at the Globe. We're, so yes. we're creeping up on the Globe now. You know, if if you guys need a new studio or anything, I know you get the the boss. They get Radio the BDC. Radio BDC. Yep. Is that still in there? Is that it's in? still in the building? It is in the still building. in the building. I didn't know because I haven't been in the building in a long time since I was a sports talk. You know, when I was up there with Obi and Holmesy yes. and having me do the Red Sox yep. stats overnight, which <laughs> I completely messed up all the time. By the way. It's all like automated now, by the way. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I used to do that too. I used to. I have to do the uh, the Paw Sox box, which was the bane of my existence. That and the BC football box. I'd go in the next day and I'd be like, eh, "Messed that one up. Let's just fix that real <laughs> quick." Okay, didn't do the ERA correctly on this guy last night. Um. Anyways, maybe that's why I'm. I'm they never invited me back in. No, I'm kidding. I did. I did a lot of high school stuff after that. Uh, as well, but thanks for joining me today, and we have all this Deflategate stuff to talk about, um, because Roger Goodell, well, did you, wait, more importantly, sure. did you watch Letterman's last show was last night? Did I you did pay, not see it. Are you a Letterman guy? You know, I, I used to be when I was younger, now I'm a Jimmy Fallon guy, I did not, I did not, I was a Letterman guy when Letterman was on NBC. Really? Yes. Wow, that's back, going way back. Back in the day. That's going way back. Yeah, Some yeah. people might not even remember that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a little older than I look. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was always a Conan guy, and I know Conan had the latest show, but then he was moved. He replaced Leno. I, so because I was a Conan guy, I was kind of always an NBC guy with Leno. I think it just came with the territory. Sure. Call that laziness, not wanting to change the channel. I don't know. I'm not a Kimmel guy. I was never really a Letterman guy, so I didn't watch last night either. But, you know, some people were really making a big deal out of this, so I didn't know if you wanted to get something off your chest or no, bent or, you know, or I didn't. if you're emotional about this, you want to let it out right away. Go ahead. No, no, I did. I mean, I, like I said, you know, it's funny now everyone sort of looks at him like he's the establishment guy mm. of late night talk shows. But again, going back to those NBC days, you got to remember, you know, Johnny Carson was on and Letterman came on after him. And this idea of having a show that was on sort of after the late show was, was, you know, revolutionary. And Letterman for his day sort of was like the, Conan or Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he pushed the boundaries of late night talk shows. Uh, and it's just funny now that you look at it, he's like totally the establishment guy. And that's sort of what happens to you as you as you age, obviously. And that's what's funny about it to me. Like a lot of these shows now, Kimmel, uh, Fallon, Conan, I think, owe a great deal to Letterman and how he changed that format a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm a Conan guy. Uh, I'm a Colbert guy, too, which is why I'm not really that emotional about Letterman leaving. Colbert's <laughs> going to replace him, right? Yes. I turned into a Colbert guy. I wasn't always one. And then, you know, I was looking for something else, and there he was. And you, you, you keep going back. He kept bringing me back. I'm glad. Are you, do you watch Colbert at all? Do you I, know what you're getting into? I mean, I, you know, I watch The Daily Show. Um, I love uh, John Oliver on HBO. Uh, he's he's fantastic. That's the the new show on yes. Sunday nights. Yeah. Oh, that is a great that show. show is I've watched that awesome. a couple times. Uh, I like I like um, I like uh, Bill Maher. I watch that show also on HBO. So I, Colbert, you know, I just haven't seen as much. When I watch it, it's it's hysterical. But I'm not a regular viewer. So you like the fact that on HBO, that guy he throws f bombs too, which is what we do here on this show. So you can say whatever you want here. You oh, can good. say whatever oh, okay. the fuck you want on All this right. show. Nice. Just like, nice. just giving you the heads up. And this I don't have is... to say like I was hacked or I don't. No, have to make no, no, no. We're okay. not going to bleep you out. There's no <laughs> delay. You can say what you want. Um, and and that's the way it is on HBO too with those shows. So all right, we didn't. Neither of us paid attention to what was going on with Letterman last night, but it was his final show. I'd like to see Colbert in that spot. That's I'm a Colbert guy. I was not a Craig well, Ferguson guy. So as long you know, as long nah. as it's not. 
Craig Ferguson. And I don't know who's this new British guy that oh, does the late, like, I don't know. Yeah, who they is that guy? They keep rolling in these Brits, though, right? I have no idea who that guy is. They taking over? They trying to take over? I, man, they are taking over. But I'll tell you, it just, I, I don't understand why. If you have a late night talk show, why would you hire somebody that nobody knows to by the way what happened at carson daly show is that still on i don't yeah you know what he keeps i think he's at 2 a.m now right he's at 2 a.m i think on mtv3 they just keep pushing him back (laughs) (laughs) he does no you know what he went for he went for having a show in studio like with guests and a band and then they just had him record it like on saturday mornings and they play it you know (laughs) they they just play it throughout the week it's the voice thing i mean he has the thing going on with the voice so it's not like he's you know um but see Let's be honest. Ryan Seacrest like stole his shine. Can well, we be real about it? Like he totally did. Yeah, he did. But also, TRL isn't what it used to be. I mean, that was Carson Daly, right? Yeah, that was Total that was Request big. Live. Yeah, that was huge. That was when MTV actually showed music videos. When's the last time? Now you you're watched... dating yourself. Well, Danny. I mean, when's the last time you watch music videos? I am dating myself <laughs> because I can remember watching TRL. Uh, with like Sega Genesis sitting next to me, oh, yeah, and man. and uh, you know a phone that actually had a cord that plugged into the wall, right? We're old. Uh, well, it is what it is. But when's the last time you've seen a music video? Oh man, uh, uh, not like, going, I mean, not on YouTube. Okay, not like on YouTube. On TV. Uh, um, there is that one MTV channel that like it's like MTV Nine that plays like all music videos. Like you have to find it. It's is like there. There is a channel oh, gotta, that does. I gotta this. find it. Yeah, it's it's there. It's like, I'm not even sure it comes in HD. Like if you, I think you have to go to like non HD, and it's like two seventy six or something. I think it's MTV but, Jams. Is that MTV what it is? MTV Jams. Okay. Yeah. Are right. you? I mean, are you guys fucking with me? Or no, is I'm this serious. A real thing. Because you put it on at parties and stuff, you know. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Pete, Pete, hey, Pete, my producer has these big parties, apparently, where he's just playing music videos all night, and he doesn't invite me to them. What's going on? But there's, like, no VJs, right? They just It's, like, literally, like, they just play videos, you know? Uh, we should start a, a, I don't know, a channel or an online channel that has music videos with VJs. No? Oh, it's already been done. YouTube. Okay. We don't need that. Fine. Fine. We won't do it. We'll, uh, we'll stick to what we know, which is Deflategate. We know all about Deflategate. I know too much about Deflategate. I told people yesterday, my alarm clock when I wake up in the morning, you know what it is? What is it? That's <laughs> 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 a deflated football. I can't escape it, Chris. And I, I know you came in here today, and I'm, I'm thankful and grateful that you came in. But if you thought you were coming in here today to talk about Don Sweeney, as the, we got that out of the way before you got on air. Okay. All we right. already, we all already right. did that. Okay. We're, we're talking about Deflategate because that's all I know. It's all I have to care about. Not that I want to care about it, but I have to. Yesterday, Roger Goodell spoke. What did you think of what Roger Goodell said yesterday? I mean, I thought he ducked the obvious question of, of if there were some quid pro quo uh, for Robert Kraft standing down. And I know he said there wasn't, but he's not going to publicly come out and say that and talking about, you know, looking forward to hearing Tom and Tom's side of the story. And if there's extra information there, I mean, I think he left the door open to lessening the suspension. I think the real question here is when you look Danny at Tom Brady and the years that I've covered him, which is since 2006, there are two things that are really important to Tom and that have been sort of consistent throughout his career. One, he cares a great deal about his image and his legacy. You know, you talk to people in that camp about Tom, and they'll say things like, there's no wing in the Hall of Fame for highest paid player. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he goes through these contract things, you know, you'll hear that out of that camp. Like, there's nothing in Canton for who had the highest contract. It's about winning and rings. So his legacy matters a lot to him. The other thing is he doesn't like publicly contentious, acrimonious disagreements, negotiations, whatever you want to call it. And so which one of those things is going to win out here? Because if, if you want to completely preserve your legacy and wipe out this suspension, you've got to go to the wall. And that means it's going to get acrimonious. It's going to be contentious. And you're going to be in court. And it's going to be during the season. And you're going to be answering questions about this every day. Is he willing to do that? Because I'll tell you, Roger Goodell is willing to go to the wall. Mm. Because this is not – for Roger Goodell, this is not just about Tom Brady. This is the Players Association – trying to undermine his authority and trying to say there's no way this guy should be both the judge, the jury, you know, and the appellate judge. That doesn't make sense, even though it was collectively bargained. It's a CBA. Yes. Goodell will go to the wall. The NFL, Jeff Pash, will go to the wall, their legal counsel. Will Tom be willing to go to the wall for this? Going to the wall. People use the phrase, defend the wall. I've been trying to defend the wall, okay? I've been trying to do that for a long time. I never looked at the, if you had asked me 
two days ago what defending the wall was, I'd say it's Tom Brady getting him on the field, making sure he doesn't, ser- doesn't serve a minute of a suspension because of what's in this Wells report. It really didn't have anything to do with the draft picks or the fine, in my opinion. So when Robert Kraft gets up there a couple days ago and says that he's not going to appeal, he's not going to have a lawsuit, he's going to accept the fine, um, he's going to accept the draft picks getting taken away, he's going to accept the Patriots' penalties, my first thought was, all right, you can still defend the wall, and perhaps that has it's playing into defending the wall. And you mentioned it. Roger Goodell, yesterday in his press conference, he was asked about that. What did Robert Kraft's um, acceptance to the penalties do for Tom Brady and his appeal? And he said nothing. Actually, Pete, we have the audio of Roger Goodell, what he said to that question right here. I uh, admire and respect Robert, as you all know. Uh, we've had plenty of discussions over the last couple of weeks. And uh, this was his initiative and something he wanted to do. And I uh, certainly admire the step he took. Uh, we may disagree on things, but that's, uh, that's not unusual. So, basically... I don't. I never expected Roger Goodell to come out and say, "Hey, uh, yeah, me and Robert Kraft, we talked, we hugged, and we came to a deal with Tom Brady." I mean, if they did come to a deal, right? Which I think they did, because you you had reports, Chris, of back channel conversations. No coincidence. All of a sudden, they're hugging on a couch. Uh, they're they're sipping on my ties together or whatever they're <laughs> drinking, and. Two days later, Robert Kraft's like, well, um, I'm going to accept the penalties. <laughs> I mean, there's no coincidence. It, there, there, is, there is a deal here, in my opinion. If and there, part of the deal is that nobody finds out that there was a deal. Well, there can't. No one can find out, right? And I tend to agree with you. And part of this is because I have, I guess, I don't know if faith's the right word, Danny, but I believe that Robert Kraft has gotten to where he is in business by being a good negotiator. And I have to think there was something in it for him. Now, whether it's... Well, that's a Super Bowl in a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> whether it's the Brady thing, whether it's some favor he's going to call in down the line. I, I just don't think he would just give it up no. to just give it up. No, I do think his image, again, his image, his legacy is important to him. And I'm talking about Robert Kraft. And he wants to be known as this bridge builder and all this other stuff. But... Look, if there was some backroom deal, of course they're not going to come out and say because no. otherwise then you're going to have every owner in the league running to the commissioner to strike a deal when their team gets in trouble or their player gets in trouble. And the reality is, one, you can't have that. And two, Goodell doesn't care because he doesn't need every owner in the league. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of influential owners he needs, and Kraft's one of those guys. So it's good to sort of have Kraft on his side. And he already has Jerry Jones, and you've seen Bob McNair from the Texans has been on his side. So I think that they don't want to set that precedent of these things are open to negotiation publicly. But behind the scenes, I have to believe yeah. the Patriots are getting something. Robert Kraft getting something out of this. Now, they're going to play. And I think part of the deal is we can't make this look like, again, you gave us a deal, not just because of the league, but also because of Tom Brady. You know, you mentioned Brady's legacy. Now, the people who you know will argue with me that there was no deal, they say, well, it would look terrible on, on Brady's part. Well, I'll say one, part of the deal would be that nobody finds out, and I think they do go through the appeals process, and I think you can't, or you can't see because we're not on television, but I'm putting up the air quotes right now. There will be an appeals process, and the penalty will be diminished. I wouldn't be surprised if it's diminished to zero games, to be quite honest see, with I you. See, I would. Zero's, you would. I would be surprised, Danny, if it goes to zero. And this is where I think how much influence does Robert Kraft have over Tom Brady? Because let's say the deal is Robert will reduce this to one game for Tom if you can get Tom to accept one game. And and that's where it gets interesting to me because, you know, is Tom – Tom probably wants zero games for his legacy, Mm -hmm. but is he willing to accept one? Is he willing to accept one game? Um, I mean, I I would think he'd have to be. He would have to be. Because, again – I don't know. I, I think that we both think that, put it this way, we both think there was a, if we disagree yes. on the number of games, we both think there was a deal here. Well, I mean, yeah, right? I, I do. I'm with you on the game. I just think for it to go to zero is like a complete repudiation of the Wells report and makes Goodell look bad. And so now that's his legacy, his ego. It's like he got another one wrong. Uh, I can't see him overturning what is essentially his own penalty. I mean, forget the fact that Troy Vincent wrote the letter. This is Goodell's penalty. It absolutely is. Goodell is the guy that okays everything, right? What type of commissioner would you be if you didn't okay penalties handed down to the reigning Super Bowl MVP when you have that team playing in week one? Which, again, 
on national TV goes into my thought process of if you're going to go through with this and there's going to be a deal, the league needs to get something out of it. Doesn't the league get something out of Tom Brady playing in week one and the Patriots raising that banner rather than the Patriots having no Brady and going through the no Brady, no banner? Because I think that's a real thing. Oh, Mike from Attleboro started yes. that Twitter handle. Actually, uh, on, oh, that, on, that on my show, on Gasper oh, and Murray. Oh, did he? It was on, it was on uh, our Look show. Look at him promoting competition. Gasper and Murray, uh, 98.5. We had a bet. How, at what point would he start promoting the, my competition on the weekend? <laughs> Sorry, Danny. At but he 14 minutes in, if you had the over-under was 18, if you picked the under, you win money today. And a free Violent Gentleman t-shirt. You'll have to call Georgie Paros about that t-shirt, though, because I'm not going to send it to you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You know, look, we're on the weekends yeah. different Hey, channels, man, I listen, to, I listen, I listen to you. I listen to you, too. I so we listen. just now we both now both of our bosses oh. are upset at us. Now your boss is upset at you. My boss will be upset at me. What are you doing driving and listening to the other station? You guys, the fuck are you doing promoting each other? What the fuck's going on in there on the Danny Picard show? It's chaos, I tell you. Nothing here is of this. No affiliation with anything. This is the Danny Picard show. DannyPicard.com, iTunes, TuneIn, any other podcast app that that you could possibly get. You, that, that's where you can get this show. So no affiliations. But, you know, you do a nice job on the weekend. Thanks. Just, no, I only brought well, it up because, again, they started on our show. And, dude, it just, man, caught like wildfire. Yeah. Like people, TV trucks camped outside of, you know, he's now Mike from Woburn. Mike from Woburn's or, or oh, Mike from Parts on, no, he moved. Uh, is, outside his house, yeah. Is that really, is that really Zolak, that call, Scott and Rentham? Oh, absolutely. It definitely is. Oh, him. totally. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And you know what? For every time, I mean, I th- that's what everybody thinks, obviously. But you never know. I mean, it could no, be. No, no. Oh, yeah. For every time they put him on the air, he calls the hotline another five times. So, like, he gets put on the air like one out of six times. So you can only imagine, like, you know what it's like <laughs> if you're the producer. Yeah. You, people think that he's I, energetic. People, it's funny because people on EEI, they think this guy Danny and Quincy, and it's funny because a lot of older people come into this. Uh, Beantown Athletics, you know, you come get your skate shopping here, uh, screen printing in the back, uh, come get some, you know, some local uh, t-shirts and sweatshirts and everything, and they come in and they see uh, Danny and, and, you know, they say, oh, are you Danny from Quincy? I'm like, no, I'm not fucking Danny from Quincy. I'm from Salty, you asshole. And, 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 you know, that's one. Two, what makes you – why? Because we have the same name and we both have a Boston accent? Like, I don't, I don't understand what, what that means. But uh, So I'll be in EEI and I'll be literally, like, in the studio, um, you know, in the producer's room, and he'll be talking to another host, and you'll still get people, like, like tweeting at me. And I'll be like, I'm sitting here looking. I'm in the producer's room. I'm on next. You think I'm I'm calling in? No, it's not. It's not like that. So that's why I ask about Zolak. You never know. You know, some of these things you never know. No, no, that's him, man. That's him. That's um, legit. All right. So where were we? Oh, Deflategate. Yeah, you were saying you, you were saying you oh, think Deflategate. Brady's going to get zero. I think Brady's going to get zero. But here's the deal. I think we we both think there's a deal. And the people that say there's no deal, they'll say, well, it's going to make Brady look bad. But I say, well, they're, they're not going to go that route because they're never going to tell you there's a deal. Uh, but but also. With the league, they'll say, well, the league, what does that do for the league? I said, well, the league needs this to go away. Robert Kraft mentioned, we need this to go away. They need it to go away. I need it to go away. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. What is this? What do we keep going back to? What is this, what is this about? What's this about? The air, air pressure, pressure in a football. football. Yeah. Don't you think Robert Kraft and Goodell sat there on that couch and they're like, listen, what the fuck are we doing? Like, are we, do you know, like, four, Robert Kraft said it. He goes, four months later, we're talking about air pressure on a football. He said it the other day. And I think that, that gets overlooked because that's the reality of this, that everybody now believes how stupid this has gotten, that even the league needs to say, what can we do to get rid of this? Can you accept your penalties, Robbie boy, so we don't look awful and we'll take care of Tom Brady? And we don't ever have to tell anyone there's a deal. And the people that say, well, Brady got some help and he'll always be known as a guy who got help because Kraft did this. The people who made up their mind on Brady have already made up their mind on oh, Brady. I agree with you on that. That's yeah. not going to change. Yeah. Like if, if Brady went to court and he fought this lawsuit, first of all, I tell people this all the time, appeal, uh, lawsuit, there's no guarantee you get anything overturned. There's no guarantee. We think that common sense will play out and it will get overturned. But if common sense was going to play out in this process, we wouldn't. We would be talking about Don Sweeney as the new Bruins GM That's right true. now, not yeah. the air pressure yeah. on a football. And, and let me just say this on that, Danny. Too people have this idea in their head. And look, I'm not a lawyer, not even close. But 
a lot of this stuff that this appeal would be on and that the lawsuit would be on would be procedural. So, so let's say like they, he, they sue and it's still four. Let's get the appeal goes and Goodell does nothing. You and I are wrong. There's no deal. He says, Nope, four games. So then Brady sues, even if he wins, it's not, you're not vindicated. Like, like the court's not going to say Tom Brady is not guilty of any of these things that the court's going to say this punishment was not in line with the CBA or the precedents you've set. And then it will kick back to the NFL and they'd say, you have to come up with another punishment. Like mm. people don't get that. They think like Brady can go, unless he's going to sue for defamation, which has nothing to do with the players association. Mm. If you're going to follow this through and sue the league over your penalty and go to court, the court's going to rule on the penalty, not whether you're guilty or not, not whether you were generally aware of what was going on. So there's not, there's not like automatic vindication through the court. All you can do is get the penalty reduced through the court. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. I think people are confused on that. Yeah, and and, and the penalty is brutal, but oh, so, it's absurd. Patently, absurd. it's crazy. Um, let me, and that's what ultimately people should come back to being upset about. Not that Kraft is going to accept it. It's the fact that. This penalty was handed out in the first place. The fact that this is where we are right now, four months removed from the AFC Championship, we're still talking about the air pressure of the footballs in that game, and we still don't really know facts on the air pressure of those footballs. But let me ask you this. This is another problem that I think Robert Kraft has that some people can't understand, is that this Kraft still probably knows that something happened deep down inside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because what do you think happened? Okay, so I, I've heard this theory, you know, and I don't normally like to put unsubstantiated stuff out there, but this well, is Well, I mean, this is... I've they, heard from, that's all this is. Yeah, that's, you know, we're just <laughs> talking here. So, uh, you know, one sort of theory floating in the league is the idea that, you know, they weren't deflating the footballs, but that after they were checked by the officials, they were putting a needle in them to check what the air pressure was. That, that it wasn't... It, there, there, there was no intention to adjust the balls or deflate them. I shouldn't say there was no intention to deflate them below... The standard. It was just to sort of make sure they were where Tom wanted them at twelve point five or or pretty close. That that they weren't intentionally deflating balls to make them smaller and easier to throw and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's one unsubstantiated theory in the league, which would be different from what the Wells report found, but would still be a violation of protocol. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're not breaking the rule, but you're breaking the protocol. You're not allowed to. You're not do allowed anything to do the football up yeah, the refs. Exactly. Look at them, exactly. and that's why I think it should just be a fine. I think it should just be a fine, even if they were deflating the footballs and taking air out of them. Because what the Wells report also tells me is, and, and let me first give you give you my theory. Sure. It, it, because I sit here and I defend the wall each and every day for the last three months, and especially the last couple of weeks since the Wells report came out. I defend the wall under the idea that I think the Patriots did something to the footballs. Okay. But I think they did something to the football based on what I see in the Wells report because there's a history of Tom Brady not trusting what the officials do with the footballs yes. after that Week 7 Jets game. And if you think that's the only time that's ever happened, you're nuts. It's not. It's just that those are the only text messages that we are reading about it. Um, what I see from this Wells report, even before the AFC Championship game, is that Walt Anderson and the rest of the league officials – just didn't give a rat's ass about the PSI in a football. I agree. And if the officials, Walt Anderson even pointed out, well, when we feel like a ball's deflated, when we inflate them, we don't check the PSI while we're inflating them. It's too difficult, he says, or it takes too much time. So they overshoot their target. Clearly in that Week 7 Jets game, when the football's a 16 PSI, they overshot their target. But all they do in the room before the game is, this ball, yep, this is good. Yep, this one, ah, this needs a little pump, a little more air in that one. Yeah, this one's good. Yep, this one's good. You know, that, that's all they care it's about. It's very unscientific. That, that's, you know, they do it in the, as Walt Anderson said, in the shower area, you know? Uh, and, and, and that's, they don't care about the PSI. And if the officials don't get it right, and if I'm Goodell reading the Wells report, I need to take a step back and say, wait a minute. How can I start handing out suspensions to players if our officials either A, don't care, or B, can't get the rules right themselves. This is a league issue. This is an officials issue. This is an issue that nobody has really cared about. That's why it's an issue. Um, and it's not a Tom Brady issue. So if Brady thinks that they're overinflating balls and he knows every other quarterback is getting their own personal preference on a football, he's saying to himself, hey, yeah, Birdman, take a little air out of that. after the." <laughs> they don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. It's nothing. It's not this big secret, you know, plan that 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 the scandal that everybody's uh, wolf blitzes talking about i mean wolf <laughs> blitzer doesn't know what he's doing he, he's talking about pounds in a football he thinks like 
the football weighs 15 pounds and the Patriots <laughs> are using one that weighs 12. Like, no, that's not how it works. PSI, man. Yeah, PSI. PSI. So uh, that's my theory is that the Patriots were doing something that everybody else does. And people say competitive edge, competitive yeah. advantage. I say, no, 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 no. Get the but, definition of competitive but see, advantage. But see, here's, here's the thing. So I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Danny, but here's what I would say the Patriots get themselves in trouble if this is true because I think we're basically putting the same theory out there. Yeah. There's a level of arrogance. So you say, you know, we're going to take this into our own hands. If that were the case, and, and I've asked this very question of people at the Patriots, and I haven't gotten an answer. If Tom felt there was an issue with the football, specifically after that Jets game, why didn't you guys call the league? Why didn't you call Dean Blandino, the, the head of officials, and say, what are you guys doing? Like, we got a football here that's mm-hmm. 16 PSI. Like, what's going on? Like, that is unacceptable. You know, we're going to leak this Good that point. you guys are doing. Just file a fo- – in other words, instead of taking matters into your own hands, why wouldn't you just go to the league? And then you could even publicly embarrass the league if they don't do anything. Well, he – there is some in the Wells report that says – and I get what you're saying. That's a good yeah. point. They probably should have done that. He sent the official's rule book yes. in Into the with McNally, right? Yep. He said, yep. hey, Birdman, why don't you give this to them yep. and tell them to stop messing around with the football just sure. because and, – and I think the thing was Brady's comment was just because the level is 12.5 to 13.5 PSI, it doesn't mean that they need to fill it up to 13.5. Yeah, yeah. So clearly there's a la- – Brady doesn't trust the official. I agree. And I think they were doing something that Brady said, hey, everybody else is doing shit to the football – you know, I got this rule in place so that I could have a personal preference on how it feels. Yeah, we're going to do this, and we're going to get away with it. I mean, that's – and I don't think they thought they were doing anything secretive or or something that other teams weren't doing, and that's why they deny, 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 and they read the report, and they don't see anything in there that proves that he did it, and they deny, 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 and again – uh, I'm okay with that. And that's where I start to defend the wall because I say we never should be at this point. This has really been a non-issue since day one. And since the league turned this into a circus, it's now time to fix it. And that's where I think Robert Kraft, Roger Goodell, at a birthday party, had some, you know, hugged a couple times, had a couple drinks. They talked about it. They said, we need to make this go away. Here's how we do it. And I think now we'll see with the Brady appeal, how it happens. I'd be shocked. I- I'd be shocked if there's no... If, this, if Brady doesn't get his suspension reduced. Oh, I think it will get reduced. I think, you know, here's the other thing. A lot of people are talking about the NFLPA wants Goodell. Here's another way this could happen, Danny. If Goodell, who was kind of cagey yesterday on the idea of, like, recusing himself, he could recuse himself, have a third party be the arbitrator who will reduce it, and then Goodell doesn't have to turn to the other teams in the league or the own, his own people in the mm-hmm. league office, some of whom, quite frankly, have it out for the Patriots. And, and say, oh, I reduced this. He would say, nope, I believed in our report. It's part of the deal. You know, exactly. Hey. That's the easiest way to do it is a point that the third party. But it's a little dangerous for Roger because the two times he's done that, uh, he's gotten his ass handed to him. Uh, you know, one of them was the, the Paul Tagliabue uh, and Bounty Gate. The Saints. Yeah, yep. I mean, basically mocked him. And then the former federal judge, Barbara Jones, and the Ray Rice thing. Didn't basically mocked him, completely mm. mocked him. Well, I don't think there were deals there. I think that if you say, <laughs> hey, if you, hey, you're going to listen to the appeal, okay? Here's, uh, here's a couple bucks, you know, go away, <laughs> you give, take it down to zero games, and we're good. Honestly, I think stuff like that happens. People who say it doesn't, you know, no, I don't think they're living in the real world. No, you're right. It's a, it's a slimy business. It's a National Football League. He's a greasy businessman. Hey, these guys are billionaires. They didn't get to be billionaires by following all the rules and not no. stepping on a few people and, along the way. And there's no coincidence that, you know, back-channel conversations two days later lead to Robert Kraft, you know, accepting all the penalties. Well, let me just tell you this, too, had. Danny. Spygate, there were back-channel conversations. And the ultimate penalty, which I know Patriots fans think is like the one before this was the worst penalty of all time. Yeah, it was originally worse. So you can take that to the bank. Mm-hmm. So there were back-channel conversations yeah. on that one. And the penalty ended up being different from what it originally was going to be. And it worked out in the Patriots' well, favor. Spygate is one of the reasons that Darrell Revis is trying to make us hate him, I think. Right? Did, Did he see? ever play for the Patriots? What? I feel like that was all a dream, man. What? You know, he came here. He got it. People used to mock LeBron James. They say, oh, he went to Miami Big Three, got his championships and left. LeBron's going to win a championship this year. He's going to win one on his own. No love. Kyrie Irving's playing injured. Uh, Tristan Thompson's a beast on the boards, I'm, but but LeBron, this is LeBron's game. He's going to win this championship. But when he went to Miami, people said, oh, he's just going, getting his championship to say he had it, put it on his resume, and then he's going to go make it, make his money. And 
that really isn't true. Revis? You say he went and got his championship and then went back home and got his money. I, I mean, that's what he did. And now he's talking shit about the Patriots. If you didn't see it, Darrell Revis, um, in New York Daily News. Yeah, Manish Mehta. Uh, and I know Manish, yeah. He, he told Manish that the Patriots have a history of doing stuff when he was asked about the flake egg. And this is a guy who I would think, now I know it's a rivalry, Jets-Patriots, I get that. But if you're on the team that wins the championship during the year that this stuff allegedly happened, don't you think you would go out of your way to defend the team that you were on because you're part of the legacy of that team? That's a great point. I hadn't thought of it from that standpoint. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe ill will over the contract situation. You know what Darrell really resents? And I know we had that Instagram thing and he claims he was hacked or whatever. But the one part of that I think is totally true. You know, I don't buy the hacking thing Mm -hmm. either. But he resents the fact that people look at it like Brady and Belichick got him a ring and did him a favor. He looks at it like this defense sucked before I got there. Mm. I I did them a favor by going there and I took less money to do it, which he did. And I helped them get a ring. You know what? I think he's salty about that. Well, I think he's got a point. I mean, I was ecstatic when they got him. I was ecstatic when they got Brandon Browner. Uh, uh, when you watch this team play defense in the regular season, really, you know, after that Kansas City game on, you can see just how much of a factor Revis was on that field. Now, I don't know what the Patriots are doing in this secondary right now. That might be for a whole nother show. We're not going to get into that. Um, but, you know, I-, I can see where Revis would think that because he did – change what was going on because the Patriots, yeah, they were getting to the AFC Championship. They were getting the Super Bowls. But they weren't walking away with the Lombardi Trophy. And I think he looks at it and says, here's how I change things and here's the result. And that's me. I, I think he was a major factor in that. But he also has to look at it and say the quarterback, I mean, had one heck of a comeback in that Super Bowl game with normally deflated footballs. And I just think that if you were on that team, that should be the common sense answer for anybody. I don't care what team you're on now. You should try to protect the legacy of the team that you were a part of. I don't understand why That's, you wouldn't do that. That is a great point. No, I totally agree with you on that. And it's funny because being at that Super Bowl, you know, Jarrell was one of the guys because I had to write a story on Brady after that game. And I went to him and Jarrell flat out called him like the greatest of all time. Like he was one of the guys that was the most at that point sort of like on Brady's jock about how well he had played and mm. the greatest of all time. So it was kind of weird to read. The, and I think I do think in the Manish story, I think he does mention something about Tom being the greatest or considered the greatest. But I, I, I was surprised in reading that story, you know, sort of the way he was with Tom, because I know Jarrell has a lot of respect for Tom. I, I know that. And I still think that's true. I think this is more like he's kind of like enjoying the fact that the Patriots uh, are getting their comeuppance because they didn't sign him and all that other stuff. Yeah. And I, maybe part of his mindset is I got to win some Jets fans back with this. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, I, I from everything that I see, Jets fans are loving it and loving him. I don't see why they wouldn't. He went, yeah, he got his ring with the Patriots, but now he's a Jet. And maybe he feels like he needs to, you know, there's a couple Jets fans that maybe aren't completely on board because he was a Patriot, and he needs to try to get them back on board. I don't see that being the – I don't see him needing to do that, but maybe he feels he needs to do that. But he has to answer questions about the Flategate. Let me ask you this. I mean, you're in the room, right? Yeah. You you cover these teams. Uh, again, Chris Gasper, columnist for the Boston Globe, in studio with me today, presented by Violent Gentlemen, like every Thursday is on this show. Go to violentgentlemen.com right now. That's George Paros' clothing line, former enforcer in the National Hockey League. We just gave Chris a T-shirt. Uh, he'll be wearing that uh, around the globe over there on Morrissey Boulevard, I, I hope, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, I'll be wearing that at the uh, gym. Is, is this the stupidest story you've ever covered for this long a period of time man that's a great question is this the stupidest story i've ever covered i'm thinking um like give me something that that's dumber than this because i can't give you anything i can't i don't even there's nothing that even relates there's there's like this is a in a at the end of the day this is what do we call this an equipment an equipment malfunction equipment infraction Uh, uh, yeah infraction yeah yeah, i guess like give me something else i can't think of any i mean spygate dragged on it was like you know it was pretty stupid i'll tell you i mean this wasn't all a spygate but you know it was one of the stupidest things i ever had to cover was when the st louis rams fans sued tried to sue the patriots for fraud from super bowl 36 because of spygate that was pretty dumb yeah how but how long did that last for 
that thing went on. I mean, this was like after the penalties and everything. So, so you remember Matt Walsh and all that stuff. I had to go to DC yep. and like camp outside at Arlen Specter's office at the set. I mean, <laughs> there was some stupid stuff I had to do during the Matt Walsh. That whole thing was pretty. That whole thing was pretty stupid. But I, I think this takes the cake. Yeah, it's not the only. If, if there was, if there was any type of scandal that we could think of with like an NHL player as we watch the Rangers Tampa Bay highlights uh the Tampa Bay Lightning win in OT last night 6 to 5 How's Dupes feel about that? He's always he's tweeting, always tweeting about, about the save goals, percentage. And yeah. we got 11 goals last night. How many goals has Lundqvist let up in the last two games? I want to say 10? 12? 11? I don't know. It's more than it's double digits. I can tell you that, but Dupes is always Dupes always he he, he doesn't like the lack of goal scoring, but he's getting his wish. We got some goals. The only thing that I could compare Deflategate to if there was this situation is if we looked up at the Stanley Cup playoffs and another team pulled a, a ref aside in between periods and they said, hey, um, come here for a minute. You see uh, Stamkos? I want you to go over. I want you to look at his stick, right? I want you to put a quarter under the blade <laughs> of his stick, and I want you to measure that to see if that's a legal curve. Is he because we don't think that's a legal curve? Isn't it a and dime? If, if is it a dime? I think it's a dime. I don't know. It's changed over the years. Remember, the, we <laughs> played youth hockey, and it's happened. I've been on benches where coaches have called, you know, for someone to, to measure the stick. You put, a, is it a dime or a quarter? You put it underneath the blade, and if it's too, this is like squirts and peewees. Hockey parents are fucking insane. <laughs> the old Sherwood hooks. Uh, yeah, I, I, this you know, this is before the the one piece Eastern synergies okay. and all that. Um, this is before composites? Yeah, before okay. the one-piece composite wow. sticks. Like, you know, we I used to go down to Boston Bob's and buy uh, a Sherwood, um, or was it was it a Bauer? Uh, the, um, who am I thinking of? What's the, what's the, I forget my curve. I, I don't forget know, but my a nice, curve. nice toe curve on yeah. a Sherwood stick. Now Didn't... I use Camilleri curve, but it's, it's, I use a Camilleri curve now, but it's changed. It's been like five different people. I think it was Madonna before that. Anyways. Speaking of curves, this would be a deflategate. The similar situation would be if a coach in the playoffs, if the Rangers coach, Alain Vignot, went over to the refs and said at intermission, said, hey, go check Stamkos' stick. He's got an illegal curve. We can't, we can't play like this. I can't play like this. The league can't play like this. If he's taking shots with that illegal curve on our goalie, what if he hits him in the neck? What if he hits him in the throat? Knocks Lundqvist out. Huh? What happens if we lose Lundqvist? What do we do? Go back to Cam Talbot? You want us to do that because this guy's got an illegal stick? That is how foolish that would be. And they would go check it, and it's probably illegal. <laughs> and they'd give him a two-minute, they'd give him a penalty. The Rangers would score a power play goal. They'd win the game by one. People the next day would say, what is going on? Right? And there would be an investigation. Did the refs actually measure his stick before the game? Or did they, or was that a stick? He, did he use that stick? Stamkos has eight sticks sitting there next to the bench. Are we sure he was using that one? That one is an illegal curve, but the other six don't. Did they measure the other six sticks? Oh, no, they didn't. We do don't they, know about do they, that. Do they measure everybody's stick? Exactly. Yeah. That's, how, that's yeah. what this yeah. is. That yeah. would be the only way that you could find a dumbest story. And even that would be squashed in like 48 hours. But this? No, not squashed. People go back to the Mortensen report. Yes, the Patriots and, are very upset about that. They are well, agitated. Let me let me tell you about that. Yeah, and you're you know you're a columnist, but you're a reporter. Sure. I used to be a reporter. I'm not anymore. Um, uh, and I wasn't a good one. No, you were good. I wasn't a good one. Yeah, you were good. Um, man. I, I, but I understand. I, I was a journalism major. I understand the ethics. You know the rules. Chris Mortensen reports that they have a tendency to over exaggerate. Um, and I go back to a story. Week four, after week four against the Chiefs, going into the Bengals oh, game. Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was actually, you were probably on the radio that day too, uh, that weekend, going into the Bengals game, and there was a report from Mortensen as I was on the air on WEI in which, you know, we're playing the audio of it, and Mortensen's reporting that Tom Brady's, like, unhappy, that the team's 2-2, two and two, that they got their asses kicked in Kansas City. And I'm saying, wait a minute. This, they're making a, this is like, then you look up at the TV and it's like, oh, breaking news. Tom Brady unhappy with the philosophy, with everything that's going on. No shit. This, this, is this like a breaking news report? But guess what? He's being told that by somebody who, who knows what's going on. Somebody that he feels is an important source. So I'm actually okay with him reporting that. It's, it's the way they report it 
that they take it completely out of context that I have a problem with. And, and it reminds me of what he did with this PSI story at first. We're upset. They're upset. People are upset. They think the Mortensen report started this whole thing. But when I see that letter in the Patriots rebuttal from the league the day after the AFC from, Championship. From, from Gardy, from Dan Gardy. They got the PSIs wrong in that they letter. Did. They absolutely got it wrong. So that tells me Mortensen didn't just pull this out of his ass. Somebody of importance told him this, and he felt the need to report it. I think he did his job, but I think somebody messed up giving him the info and purposely gave him false information, kind of like we see in that letter that the Patriots posted on his rebuttal. So I don't get as fired up with Mortensen as I do the league for purposely giving him false information. And I think it was someone of importance that he said, oh, wow, I got to report this, right? Yeah. And that's the way the Patriots feel, Danny, too. I mean, and, and here's the thing. So, so you do that, right? So they send a, a, a formal letter with the wrong information. That, to me, was not some sort of, like, you know, nefarious thing. They're just stupid, and they screwed up. But then when you give the information to Mortensen, and you know, like, so early in this investigation that that is wrong, you have an obligation to correct it. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from the Patriots' side that they repeatedly asked the league for the proper measurements. They repeatedly asked the league to correct what the proper measurements were. When the Patriots finally got the proper measurements, they were told that they could not disseminate them to the media. So there's no excuse for the league to not correct that. And that's where I'm not one of these, like, you know, conspiracy theory people in terms of the league was out to get them and all this other stuff. But that's one where if you are one of those people, you have a case. Because there's no reason for the NFL not to put out the correct information, not to give the Patriots the correct information, unless unless you're trying to build a case in the court of public opinion to support your actual case, which comes in this Wells report, that they did this and that it needs to be punished harshly. It makes no sense for them to do that. Did you like the rebuttal, or do you wish they didn't write it? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, there were parts of it I like. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I'd say I probably didn't like it. I mean, the whole deflation excuse for the, um, you know, and, and that's unfortunately what everybody's uh, taken away. I, yeah. I thought I thought that without the rebuttal that they had made their case to media people that the science didn't add up. And I think the science is on the Patriots side. I think the real issue and the problem for the Patriots and for Patriots fans here is how do you explain those text messages? And, and I still haven't heard like a really legitimate explanation no deflator again when i see when i hear deflator i i do think he deflated him but i think they deflated him under you know he says yeah we're going to espn i think that was in jest right but i also think that when they deflated if you're the patriots you can point at the text and say there's nothing that tells you if anything there's something in the text that tells you they were 16 psi balls in week seven was supposed to be deflated to 13 can i say something by the way that would be legal can I say something on the way by? This is another thing that was in that 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 uh, Wells context thing. Yeah. So you know they made a big deal out of the idea that when they measured the Colts balls, they had been inside longer, and so the air pressure would have risen up. If if you're looking at those Jets balls uh, for the balls from the Jets game, I think they were overinflated. But if you read their thing in the Wells report, when did John Jaskemski measure those footballs? The next morning. The next morning. Yeah. So how long were they inside? But 16 PSI is a little outrageous. No, I agree. I, I'm not saying that they weren't overinflated. They were overinflated. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to point out that, like, the Colts balls went up in inflation because they were inside yep. for 15 minutes. Good point. And then you're going to measure footballs that Great were inside point. the next day. Yep. For, they've been inside for hours. Good point. And, and say, like, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, you have to admit. Well, I didn't look. I didn't like the rebuttal. I, I read it. And the minute I look, the Patriots definitely make some good points. They definitely they, they do. do some things that help themselves in the court of public opinion. I think that's all it was for. Um, but I walk away from it saying, ah, someone like my the rebuttal wasn't for someone like me. It wasn't for someone like me who read the Wells report and said this is 243 pages of fucking garbage, and I'm gonna rip it up right now. Only I can't because I read it online and it's 2015, so I can't even rip stuff up anymore when I'm mad, and I'm not gonna throw my laptop. Because then I'm really in trouble. Um, so it was just garbage. The rebuttal wasn't for people like me who believed that. The rebuttal was for people who read the Wells report, or should I say, didn't read the Wells report, and will read like just the things that are highlighted on NFL Live with Trey Wingo, and they'll they'll hear Jerome Bettis call the Patriots known felons, and they'll say, "Oh wow," and they'll only point out the stuff that that it looks bad for the Patriots. Sure, that's who the the 
context, the Wells report, in context, the rebuttal was full. It wasn't for people like me, but when I read it, I said, I wish they didn't write this. I wish they didn't release well, this to the you public. Know, like I said. It's a deflated thing. Really. Yeah, and they should have had some better points, I think, for that. Here's my thing on the deflator text, right? So they're saying that it's a weight loss thing. And when you look at people just summarily dismiss that as ridiculous. I, 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 I don't think it's plausible, but that's not why I don't just dismiss it because I'm like, no one says deflator for weight loss. I could buy that if they had six other texts that were like, yo, bro, going to the gym to deflate. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yo, man, you want to, you want to deflate? Just got back from the gym, you know, deflated. What's up with you? Like, you know how it goes with your boys. Exactly. Like, you know, if, and, if, yep. and if his nickname was the deflator, there'd be a million things from, like, Jashemsky, you know, sort of like the Dorito dink Dorito thing. Dorito like, dink. You know, what's up, Dorito dink deflator? Like, there'd yeah. be stuff like that. But all you got is these two texts. One says, like, you know, help out the deflator. The other's, like, you know, deflate and give someone that JKT, which is jacket. So if these guys are such good buddies and this is an inside joke between them, where are the rest of the text talking about deflator that put it in that context of just got off the treadmill, man, deflated? Like, where are those texts? Where are they? I know. That's, that's a good point. That's why I dismiss it. It's not this idea that someone couldn't have their own language where deflate means to lose weight. That's possible. I mean, is it unlikely? Sure. Would I ever use it that way? No. no. But if that's the case, there should be like 50 text messages with deflate used in that mm. context. And they got nothing. Yeah. I just went out Castle Island, ate some Sully's. I need to go take a run around the island and deflate a little bit. Or how about this? Yeah, exactly. No. See, there you go. I would never say that. See, it's like I would never even things. think of that. You know, That's why I immediately dismissed it because it goes deflate. But, but he, you He's know, yeah, but even this one, like, hey, man, you know, I just I just ate some bad sushi, man. Oh, man, I was just deflating in the bathroom for like an hour. <laughs> oh, man, I deflated my ass off. Like, even that would be, yeah. you know, you could see that. But it's like. <laughs> There's just no, like, other – and they have these guys' phones, you know? I mean, and if they don't have the phones, then if I'm Dan Goldberg, the lawyer, I'm like, we need to go back through every text message and find these other examples. And the other thing on this, too, and I've talked to people over at the Patriots about this, mm -hmm. I don't think they got the greatest legal advice. Even that deflate thing that we're talking about, and we're sort of mocking it, it has way more credibility if McNally goes back for a second interview with Wells and tells him that face-to-face. -face. If he says – if Wells is like, what's, throws this paper down, what about this, Jim? What about this deflator text? He goes, oh, what are you talking about? Like, John and I, man, that's a thing we have. Like, I'm the deflator. Have you looked at me? I'm a fat-ass 48-year-old man. Like, I need to lose some weight. Then it has way more, you know, sort of legitimacy because he faced the guy and told him this. Instead of, like, after the fact, it seems like some excuse they just threw in because they couldn't come up with anything. How stupid is this? Like, do you, are we listening to what we're talking about right now? Like, are we – you know what I mean? Like – uh, is this NFL? Is this an NFL story? If you just tuned in, like you woke up from like a four month nap, and you yeah. tuned in, ah, let's listen to Danny Picacho, what they're talking about, and you just heard us talking about deflating and losing weight. If I asked you, what do you think we're talking about? There's no way they would ever think that's an NFL story. This is an N This is the biggest NFL story that I have ever seen. In a, in a ever, I mean, uh, every day it's. It's deflate gate, deflate gate, deflate gate. I need this to go away. Kraft needs this to go away. The league needs this to go away. And that's why ultimately, as they sat on the couch at that birthday party the other night, which is just outstanding. That's Adam Schefter. He's getting scoops. What do we think they were talking about? What do people think they were talking about? They like ice cream cake versus regular cake at the birthday party? No. They were coming up with a deal. So, full circle. We both believe there's some type of deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll be waiting for the result. When's the, what's the Brady appeal? Like, what's the schedule? Do we know? No. We I, don't know, I, I right? don't know off the top of my head, and I know Roger said he didn't really know. I mean, my guess would be early June. It, early it, June. It, it, would be, it would be heard. And then you got to go from there. I mean, I, I really think that it's sort of going to be interesting to see who does Brady listen to at the end of the day, right? Is he going to listen to the people in his camp that want to protect his legacy at all costs? Is he going to listen to Jeffrey Kessler, who would burn down 345 Park Avenue? I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't care. Or is he going to listen to Kraft, who's probably going to tell him, look, Roger's going to cut your suspension to a game. If you just take it, we walk away from this thing, it's over. Who's he going to listen to? I, I would hope that you do that. Because there's no, I mean, I, I would, I, but I would also hope that if there is a deal, Kraft would, you know, Say, they'd have the conversation with Brady. Like, here's the deal. Like, you need to accept this. And if you don't, you know, this thing's going to continue to get out of control. I also think Brady needs this to go away.
You know, just just get it out of the way. Yeah. Because you get into appeals, lawsuits, you're talking about, hey, oh, he's, he's eligible to play week one because yep. the appeal's still going on. Yeah. What, so then he then if it doesn't get rescinded, he's missing weeks four through nine? No. Or even worse, what if he's missing weeks like, you know, 10 through 14? Yeah, no, you got to get this over with. We need to all stop talking about this for our sanity. We need to get our lives back. Chris, I need my life back. I can't, I I go outside my back porch yesterday to check on a couple pairs of sneakers that I washed to see if they dry. There's a deflated football in the corner of the porch. I'm dead serious. And I start to get the, I start sweating. You get the shakes. Like, oh, what's going, I, I feel the need to go pick it up and be like, I wonder what this is. I wonder what the PSI level is in this football. I'm never going to know. I never measured it before it came outside. I'm losing my mind. It's, we need to end it. Yeah, this story is, I'm telling you, that's the thing. If Brady, you know, this thing could drag on if, if Brady really wants it to drag on and it will go into the season. And I have to say this, too. Uh, Brady is a little bit here of a pawn. I mean, the NFLPA is using him as a pawn to challenge Goodell. And the question is, does he want to be, is he going to do what's in the best interest of the Patriots and, you know, to a degree himself, which might be to just make this thing go away? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to sort of stand up with the union who wants to use this to beat Roger Goodell over the head with the idea that he should not be able to hear appeals. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it's and just, then we'll be talking about this, Danny. You'll be talking yeah, about this in November. I know. If, if Brady know. takes this to court, oh. like this, this is not going My anywhere. My biggest fear, and I said this the other day to Pete, I've said this on the show several times. My biggest fear is that we have to talk about this every day for the rest of our lives. <laughs> every day, every fucking day, every day. Rest of our lives, deflate gate. Deflate gate this, deflate gate that. It's air pressure in football. It's so stupid. Nobody actually can believe, other than Mark Brunel and Jerome Bettis on ESPN, that, that this was a competitive edge. That the Patriots no. won because of this. Well, the other, all you have to do is look at the second half of the AFC title game. When they reinflated, they reinflated the balls to 13, Tom doesn't even know, and he lit it up in the second half. He was way better in the second half of that game than he was in the first half of the mm. game. And, and, and competitive edge, competitive advantage. If, if, here's where it would be a competitive edge. If the Patriots were doing this stuff and every other team's balls like came in a minivan held by Walt Anderson, and he goes, nope, we're going right to the field with your balls. You know what I mean? That's, that's where you get competitive edge. If the other team can't do anything to their footballs all week. But no, Aaron Rodgers got us inflating his footballs all week. Eli Manning's, yep. uh, you know, dipping him in, in a bowl of butter or whatever he's doing. He's like, burying him in the Hudson yeah, River. Like, the, the, I don't know what he's The story with Eli Manning is crazy to me. Like, the owner goes over after practice to give a kid a ball. He's like, oh, I'll give him this used, old, washed-up, nasty football. Eli's team, you know, offensive guy comes running over. Is, is, you know, he goes, no, 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 you can't give those. You can't give those. The owner's like, why? This ball looks like shit. Like, what is, this is the oldest ball in the history of the league. You go, no, we, they're, those are specially prepared game balls. You know, so it's like everybody, everybody's doing things to their football. You know what would solve this, though? And, and, and they didn't touch on this yesterday. Goodell didn't. But really, like, think about this. Like, I mean, this is not like playing pickup at the park. You really shouldn't get to bring your own football. Like, no. everybody just used the same football. Yeah, and you like, know what? That, that would be the end of it. Like, this is the ball. Th- th- these are the balls we're using in this game. Both sides are using the same ball. Done with it. That's really the exactly. issue. Like, what other – can you imagine, like, the NBA? Like, you're shooting a free throw. LeBron's like, no, no, no. Um, I want my ball. Can you get my no, ball no, for these free no, throws? No, that would be like, oh, they have the free throw balls? Like, the K balls. Like yeah, the yeah. Balls. No, can we get the free throw yeah, balls? Yeah, free throw balls. Uh, excuse me. Can we get the free throw balls? Thank you. Or like you know, David Ortiz gets to the plate and he's like, "Oh no, no, no um, I, I want, I want the pitcher to use uh, my my baseball." I've been, yeah, I've been, I've had this baseball rubbed down. Especially, I mean, that doesn't make any. Or like you know, for hockey, like you get into the shootout. Mm. You know, it's a shootout situation. The Bruins would love this. You know, their own like specially prepared pucks. <laughs> like we're gonna use our own pucks for the shoot. I mean, where do you do that? That's part of the problem here. I mean, honestly, like there should just be like a league mandated ball that everybody uses, and you just go from there. And you wouldn't have this issue, and you wouldn't have people being able to cast dispersions on the Patriots. The worst part of this whole thing with the Patriots is that, and you and I both agree we think they did something, I I think it's all in Tom's head. And I think the second half of that AFC title game proves it because the ball was at 13, he didn't know it, and he lit Mm -hmm. it up. They don't need to do anything. Like they're so, like they they always no, but since they've always had the opportunity, they've always got away with it, and they always did it. And it's been no story. It's been a non-story until now. You mentioned shootouts, Chris. Yeah. You know what I heard Felga say yesterday? What did he say? I I heard Felga say that he was talking about the triple overtime Blackhawks Ducks game. Yeah. And he said that he 
three overtimes is too much for him in the playoffs. He said this crap last year, too. You know what he said? What he said he'll do one overtime, second overtime, and I'm, I can listen to this one, okay. right? Four on four. Okay. But then he said if it gets to a third, it should be settled in a shootout. Playoff game. He wants a playoff game in, th- in a third overtime to be settled in a fucking shootout. That's ridiculous. Un- unbelievable. That's Mr. Hockey for I you. I thought he was going to say, just kidding. Never happened. Maz, I, yeah. Maz was going nuts. That's the, you mentioned it. You were here. You're a '98-5 guy, so I gotta. He said I that. By it. the way, though, I will say, Danny. He said that last year. Too. The one thing about Felger is you got to realize, like everything about Felger is about Felger. In other words, the idea is like he doesn't want to stay up to watch that game, <laughs> but he <laughs> wants to. Right. But he wants to know what the ending. So what's most convenient for him? Oh, well, let's just go to a shootout because then mm. I know who's won and I don't have to stay up. That's mm. really what it's about. I hope that shootout. I don't ever talk about shootouts, and I think I, the people that t- continue to discuss them are the people that frustrate me. Like, a game does need to end in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you got to play it out. I agree. you got to no, play I, it I'm, out. I'm totally, I'm totally um, Speaking of rules, before I let you go, yeah. NFL rules. Yes. There are some new ones. Patriots actually wanted one of them, right? Wanted yeah. this one. The yeah. Extra points, move back to the 15-yard line. Making it a, what, 32, 33-yard kick? Yeah, it's normally, it depends on different teams do it differently how far you know back. But it's obviously the end zone's 10 yards. Usually most of the time. Seven, it's about 17 seven, seven and a half. We'll call eight. it 33. Yeah. Two-point conversion remains at the two-yard line. Here's the, the deal with the new rules. Going back to the 15-yard line, the defense is now allowed to return a blocked extra point or a failed two-point conversion. Awarded two points, yeah. Even for a for a kick, that's my understanding. That even for a kick, if they if they return, if they block an extra point, which is one point in return, mm-hmm. they get two points. And here's an interesting one: the team, if there's an offensive penalty on them, they can change their mind. So if you go, if you set up for a two point conversion, or you set up for a kick, and there's an offensive penalty, you can say, "Well, we changed our mind. We're going to do the other thing." You know what? I the, thought that was interesting. That's interesting. You know, I'll be honest, Danny. I didn't even catch that part of the rule. Uh-huh. That's really fascinating. So if you get like a, a holding call, so that's ten yards. So now you're looking at like a forty-three yard thing, or you could try and go for two from the twelve. Yeah, that's interesting. They can change their mind after the play. I, people, I think, automatically assume because you're moving it back that more teams are going to go for the two point conversion. I disagree. I, I disagree. I completely yeah. disagree. And in yeah. fact, I think this is all just so stupid. I agree. Why don't we just keep the rules the same? Has oh. anybody thought about that? Oh, man. I got to tell you, you're the first person who said it, and I 100% agree with you. I've never heard anybody complain about the extra point. No. Why is this suddenly like the scourge of the NFL? I like, I don't get it. Like, who cares? Not every play has to be a competitive play. I mean, I, I honestly do not understand this. Like, and, and I know it's a big deal around here because Belichick wanted to change this rule. But, I mean, sports evolve. Like, okay. So, yeah, at one point the extra point was, you know, it was kind of iffy. It was like a 50-50 deal when, like, Luke Rosa went to go, like, you know, straight on kick mm. it through. But are we going to go back to, like, leather helmets? Should, <laughs> should, should guys have to play two-way? Should, two, should Tom Brady have to line up at safety? Like, games evolve. And it's evolved to a point where it's pretty much an automatic. I don't have a problem with it. And I'll tell you right now, Danny, everybody in the league, the owners, everybody, the coaches, they think this is like such a great rule right now until one of them loses a game that on a missed extra point and it costs them making the playoffs. And so the owner loses a ton of money. The coach loses his job and they probably fire the kicker. And you look at all that stuff, and then then you tell me if that owner thinks that this rule that adds more excitement and makes the play more competitive is such a great rule. When you're missing the playoffs on a missed frickin' extra point. They better check the K-balls on these ones. Walt Anderson better properly be mocking those K-balls now that you got to move them back, right, to the 15-yard line. Why are we changing rules? I have... Absolutely, it, no it's idea. driving me nuts, and I got to say this too because I've done like this. This thing is I like, can tell you like deflate. Oh, I'm oh, so fired up about this. This Let's is have absurd. It. Let's hear it. So you know, everyone's like, "Oh, it's almost automatic. It's 99 percent, whatever it was last year." Do you know in 1994 what the percentage was on extra points? I don't. 98.8 percent. So it was it was 99 percent. So this has not changed in like 20 years, mm. but all of a sudden we need to fix it. Like 20 years ago, it was 98.8. I think last year it was like 99.4 or whatever. Like, I get that Belichick – Belichick brought this up, right? He did, yes. All right, when he yes. brings it up, the league has a meeting. Do they have a meeting, a competition committee, maybe without owners at first, where they where they have to even, like – is there a ballot? I have they no – They consider. The competition committee, All right, ready? Like, you know, so team what's, submit proposals. So what's the meeting like? Is it like this? Like, okay, what do we got here? Next up on the list, we got um, move the extra points back to the 15-yard line. What do you guys think about this? 
they go around the room. Everyone's like, yeah, like, oh, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? 15-yard line? Oh. And they go, yeah, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's move it back to the 15-yard line. Let's do it. Like, where does it, like, wh- how did this even come about to be a conversation? Here's how I would have reacted if I was in the room. Like, okay, here, which one we got next on the list? Um, move the extra points back to the 15-yard line. What? <laughs> wait a minute. Who, who? Wait. Who's the coach? That, who wanted this? Belichick? Uh, I don't even care who wanted it. We're not doing that. Let's. Why are we changing rules? Let's focus on more things. Let's figure out the flight gate before this thing becomes more of a circus. I mean, why? I don't get why we got to change the extra point rules. I mean, the, the only thing to me. The only thing they should have changed is what they did, letting the defense score. Like, they could have just changed that, and I would have been fine yeah. with that. But I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. Like, you know, the percentage on 32-yard field goals, I think, league-wide is about 94%. So you're going to have 5 to 6% extra points missed. It is so absurd to think that games are going to be decided on missed extra points. And it's how like, long is uh, it – you know, I know they set up, you know, in a certain spot, and I know there's a, uh, there's a game – there's a play clock and everything. But, I mean, like, it's just – it feels to me like this is way too forced – and, and will be a hectic – it feels like a hectic decision that you don't need to make. You know, you're adding, like, an entirely different aspect to the game and a new decision for a coach that usually was pretty easy. It's like, do you want the one or do you, do you want the two? Now, even though I think that most teams will still go for the one, it at least is more of a thought in a coach's mind, right? And maybe that's what Belichick gets into. Well, we've seen the things that he did against the Ravens. He wants – coaches to try and maybe outthink themselves at certain times I I don't that's the only the, thing the only know. way I think you would ended up with more two-point attempts is if they had moved that two-point attempt to the one or the one and a half mm. so so then you really have a decision more like, QB sneaks yeah like you're, you're just putting the ball over the yeah, line I mean you're only a yard out <laughs> I mean you know if you know if, if you're anyone other than Pete Carroll you just hand it off and it's two points you know <laughs> but all right so we'll we'll see how that all plays out finally NBA playoffs yeah who, who do you got here Carroll, Damari Carroll last night, tough injury. Yeah, that, that, that looks for them. terrible. Yeah. You know, you can tell by a guy's reaction and, and how long it lasts. And just, you could, that was bad. That's a huge I, I don't know that them. we're seeing what it exactly is. It's going to have MRIs. That's a tough loss. Yeah, they're still calling it a sprain. At least they were this morning. Eh. It, looked, it looked pretty bad. Uh, in terms of the finals, I think you're going to end up with Cleveland and Golden State. I think you're going to have that too. Um, the question will be Golden State, can they shoot their way? to a championship um, at the same time while stopping LeBron James. I just, at this point, Chris, I can't put my money against LeBron. Okay. I can't do it. I just, I can't, I can't put my money, I can't bet against LeBron James, even without Kevin Love. I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland beats Golden State in the finals. Um, David Blatt is going to get fired while his suit is soaking wet the night they win it. With champagne, they're going to say, hey, by the way, Dave, don't show up tomorrow. Nice job, though, bud. Just that guy. You know, I used to defend him. But when you have LeBron inbound the ball with 1.5 seconds left in a playoff game, when you'll, you'll, you know, no. Well, you know, that's the dumbest thing. And you try to call a timeout with no timeout. That's pretty dumb. I don't like how they call them out on Twitter and how they call them out when they answer questions in the media about their coach. But – this he's that just tells me that maybe there's a reason why they do it. Yeah, it's. I, I will say though. I mean, you know, I'm sure you've seen the movie Hoosiers, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the original design at the end. Well, it, that play was not originally designed I, for Jimmy Chitwood. You know, <laughs> Jimmy had to be like, on. Jimmy had to that's, be like, I'll make it until you know. And then there you go. Then it changed. If if you're David Blatt, I just think that's that's not you trying to be creative. That's you being stupid. <laughs> That's what that is. That's what that was to me. Maybe he's going to run the picket and fence. No. Who knows what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, I got Kevin Love? Yeah. You want him in Boston? I do. I'm probably one oh. of the bigger Kevin Love oh, fans. I, I was. I, Not I anymore. Am. Here's the thing you got to understand, though, about Kevin Love on the, on the Cavaliers. So, and, and Chris Bosh warned everybody about this. They have basically told him to go stand in the corner and shoot threes because that's what you do when you're a power forward Spread it out. for LeBron. So everyone's like, well, he's not the same player. Why isn't he rebounding? Well, you can't rebound if you're standing 25 feet from the basket. Have you ever watched a game with a LeBron James team where there's a center or power forward who is allowed to consistently post up in the paint? No. No, because they got to clear out the yeah, paint. Yeah, I know. So, I, I mean, 
Kevin, I get what he does. The but... Kevin Love here would not be the Kevin Love. Like they're literally asking him to just stand in the corner and shoot threes. That's what you do if you're. That's why every time there's a LeBron team, they talk about a stretch four. That means they just want some guy to stand in the corner and jack up threes. Because atti- they want him out of the paint so LeBron can drive. I have. No, I do not question his his offensive ability. I do not question his on court ability. I I've questioned big time this season his personality and his attitude. I think it sucks. And I think if he's as sensitive as he comes off to be with some of this stuff, and he does come off to be as sensitive as you could ever even draw up a athlete to be, an athlete to be, I don't want him in this town. I don't. Yeah, I never I, looked at it. That I don't way. want him to play in this town. I think there's other routes they can go. Uh, trades, free agents, you name it. There's plenty of time to talk Celtics. Re- real quick before uh, we wrap this yes. thing up. Um, Houston Rockets tonight. Once again, ten and a half point underdog. Now, I know we're up in the air with Dwight Howard, and Dwight Howard did have a quote the other day where he says, and by the way, not shocked, Dwight Howard said, well, this is about, um, this is about also my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrong answer, big dog. You're just proving what we all know, what we all think, is, is that you can't handle this. You're soft. You can have a double-double in the box score, but when you watch the game, you say, he had a double-double? Dwight Howard? Nah. I don't know if he'll play or not. But even if he doesn't, 10.5 points, take it. Take the 10.5 points. I told you game one to take it. 10.5 points, outrageous. They were a 10.5 point dog in game one with Dwight Howard. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, Yeah. I thought it was a misprint. But we took it, and here we are. Take it again. 10.5. You got a pick on that? Uh, I'll take Golden State. You'll take Golden I'll State, 10 and a half point favorite. Me, yeah, I'll take All it. Right, I'll we'll, take it. We'll see what happens. Uh, he's Chris Gasper of the Boston Globe, 98.5 The Sports Hub. When are you on? Saturday mornings. Yeah, 9 to noon. You and Jim Murray. Yep, big Jim. 9 to noon. All right, here we are promoting the uh, other station again. But, <laughs> hey, no, this this is just DannyPicard.com. We can do that here. Chris, thank you for joining me. Um, appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, man. It was real. It was fun. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on TuneIn. Stitcher as well. All those podcast apps. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook. I'll wrap up the week tomorrow. Talk to you then.